Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit the Books Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And today we will not be joined by Nick Marlat. Uh, we expect to probably see him next week. Yeah, that's the idea. So, as you can see, our three-host process is already a success. <laughs> uh, we're still getting used to these mics a little bit, so sorry if there's some extra noise. I can already hear some puffing. So, I'll move Only this a little. a little bit, so hopefully the quality's a little better. Uh, again, we are, uh, pushing through with this new season with, uh, generally speaking, three hosts that are interchangeable week to week. Uh, we are no longer doing just a comics focused podcast. We're branching out into other, uh, aspects of nerddom, such as movies, television, uh, video games, you name it. Uh, we're interested in it. So we figured if we're always talking about these things, outside of the show why not just bring them into the show and uh discuss them all openly sounds like a plan to me so uh if that sounds like a good time make sure you hit like and subscribe on our youtube channel it really does help us out uh give us a, a five-star review on other podcast services of your choice if you could uh, if you have any constructive criticisms or ideas for the show please feel free to write those in the comment sections and let us know you can always reach out to us at htb vids on twitter you can reach out to us on facebook at facebook dot com forward slash hit the books uh we should be coming to other places like instagram and tiktok pretty soon so you can also reach out via those avenues and then you can always email us at hit the books vids v-i-d-s at gmail.com so without further ado let's get into it uh so going forward we'll try to make sure we touch base on any kind of uh episode corrections from the previous episode that we feel is necessary uh this week uh, we did want to bring up one thing we did miss uh, when discussing the new PlayStation Plus tiers is that the top tier, the premium tier, uh, has the additional benefit of allowing you to stream games via PlayStation Now's former service over the internet on your computer system. Now, before, it didn't cost anything. You could stream your console uh, to whichever TV or whatever you wanted to do, uh, your phone even. Uh, via a Windows app or an Android app. Uh, however, the, it was pretty laggy, even when you were in the same house. wasn't really ideal for playing games. I wish it was a little better, um, just so I could play my PlayStation 5 in my basement or on my phone in my, <laughs> in my bedroom <laughs> if I didn't want to uh, take over the living room television. But um, Having this PlayStation Now streaming is an awesome thing to have because now we can just hop on and play some party games or whatever in the basement or play some party games in the bedroom, whatever uh, we feel like doing via that PlayStation Now streaming if we wanted to play, <clears throat> pay for that uh, upgraded tier, which again just makes that middle tier that much more useless to me. Yeah, this does seem like it's either you're getting the bare minimum, which is... Uh, functionality for online multiplayer games or you're going like full on let's compete with xbox game pass and give you a very vast library that they've been accumulating ever since the the 90s at this point yeah and in between it's like what are we even doing here yeah, it's nonsense. So, yeah. uh, I, I, they, they should have just made it two tiers: the standard PlayStation Plus and then PlayStation Plus Premium, and just make it the two tiers, double the price, 
for the upgraded tier, which is still very reasonable, $120 a year, basically. Yeah. Uh, and for that extra 20 bucks versus the extra tier, you get so much more, and it's so little money, comparatively speaking. Just shell out for the, the extra 20 bucks if you're going to do it. Now, on that note, uh, as we go into what we've been reading, watching, listening, I believe you told me before the show that you had upgraded your PlayStation Plus. Is that correct? I have. Uh, yeah, just to try it out, I upgraded to PlayStation Plus Premium. Well, because I already had an ongoing subscription, and to upgrade, it only cost me a little bit more at that point. And I have to say, so far... Uh, while the streaming of games hasn't really gone all that well, and I'll report back once I try streaming like through my PC, uh, as it stands right now, there are actually quite a few games that instead of like streaming it, you can just download the game. Yeah, that thing is 300 to 400 titles. Yeah. And it, they're fairly recent. Like They are fairly recent. I made the mistake of downloading Final Fantasy X and X-2 Remastered. Uh, I say mistake because, my god, <laughs> uh, let's just say you can very quickly tell that this was like the beginning of voice acting in video games, and it shows. It's rough. Oh, <laughs> it, It's not like it's a meme or anything. <laughs> would do the Titus laugh, but actually want us to get views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, well... But yeah, uh, so far, uh, I will report in saying that the, the games that download, or the games that are available for download, kind of make up for all of the games that don't exactly stream very well at the, at the time of this recording. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's a good deal. I mean, they got stuff like you know, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and a bunch of other titles on there that you download. And as long as you have that tier of PlayStation Plus, you can play them pretty much indefinitely. Yeah. As your own titles. So if you do have those upgraded services, make sure you download all those games. So if they ever go away or get swapped out with other games, you don't lose them. It, it, for people who are unfamiliar with the PlayStation Plus system, generally they give you those free games every month. As long as you accept them, you have access to those games basically indefinitely, as long as you have a PlayStation Plus subscription. Uh, that's not necessarily the case if you don't accept them. And, you know, you don't have to play them, you don't have to download them, but you have to accept them in the system. Yeah, the, the add it to the library function. Uh, if you have PlayStation Plus, like at any level, at the very least, thankfully, you're getting, like, two games. Two games uh, for PS5 or technically PS4 yep. in a lot of cases as the, the transition for very obvious reasons is slowly taking place. But, uh, yeah, as long as you are still accepting them and your PlayStation Plus account is current at whatever level, those games will always be on your account. 
Yeah, and I made that mistake pretty early on when uh, PlayStation Plus was really being offered initially uh, back in my Army days because I, I just ignore it for months. <laughs> I wouldn't be because you know I'd be busy and I wouldn't pay attention to it if I had just taken a second to turn on the system, go to the PlayStation Plus and add them, or even do it online, yeah, uh, or on the app. I don't know if the app was functional yet, but uh, yeah, I would have <laughs> I would have been able to play a lot more games and enjoyed them <laughs> a lot longer. But I wasn't fully aware of that until you know mid twenty teens. Um, beyond that. I uh, really don't have much to add. There was a lot of mispronunciations on my part, especially because uh, of the surprise dental work. <laughs> so I'm not even going to bother going through them all because there's there's plenty. And I don't enunciate very well to begin with. So <laughs> I, I I definitely could have done a lot better there. Yeah, I'm sure anyone who like has any uh, predilection towards uh, taking content from YouTube and adding their own spice to it, go ahead and make a video and count all of the mispronunciations if you want. <laughs> it's make that a thing. Tag us in the comments. Please do. <laughs> uh, beyond that, uh, I haven't really done much. This week has been more holiday-focused because it is July 4th today, uh, the oh, date we're yeah. recording, and this weekend. So we went out to fireworks, had a good time, me and the pregnant wife and uh, various family members and friends. How about you? Uh, didn't really get time with uh, fireworks and whatnot. Still kind of uh, honestly a little antsy at the prospect of getting into a large gathering of people who may or may not have, you know... <clears throat> been exposed to an apocalyptic virus, if you will. He still thinks he's going to become a zombie. <sighs> hey, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. But yeah, I mean, it was fine. It was, There was definitely... It, it was noticeable that there was a lot less people than would typically be in there. We, we went to... Here in Columbus, Ohio, we went to Red, White, and Boom, which is the kind of downtown spectacular uh, fire display. And they did a great job this year. They really did. But there was noticeably less people. It was definitely less crowded, you know. And really, outside of coming out of the pandemic, there really wasn't much different than normal uh, to kind of dissuade people from coming. You know, it was a little hot, but really not hotter than it usually is. And yeah, uh, I was I was surprised. It was it was kind of pleasant to be honest, because <laughs> you know we didn't have to you know find a place to sit you know in a really awkward location you know we didn't in you know we it was they did it on a Friday which might be the reason why there was so little few people especially initially because uh, uh, yeah uh, prior know, to twenty twenty it was stacked like yeah. every year after twenty twenty. <sighs> As you said, uh, like, uh, I wasn't there, so I'm assuming, like, going by what you're saying, is like, maybe yeah, half this... to, like, less than half. I thought there would be a big crowd, because this, this is the return show, you know. They haven't done it the past few years, just because of the COVID concerns and worries, so they haven't done a fireworks show. Uh, and I, I figured the first one back, there'd be a lot of people, but it looks like a lot of people stayed home. It did... 
you know, the people count did increase, you know, the later it got, the closer to the show it got, but yeah, usually we would get there, you know, five or six and it would be packed and there'd be, you'd be fighting crowds trying to get to get food and whatever else and find a spot. Wasn't the case this year, so it was pretty nice. Uh, in terms of nerddom, did you do anything special? Nerddom. Well, there is something actually coming up tomorrow uh, for me personally. Um, there is a home game that I've been DMing for a few months now, and we're about to get to the final battle. And, oh my god, the amount of planning. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea what I was basically writing myself into a corner of doing. And it's even funnier considering, like, the entire arc of the campaign is, well, it, it's a fight for freedom. Hilariously, it's happening the day after Independence Day, <laughs> or as my right. my friends have taken to calling it, uh, International Fuck the British Day. That's fair. <laughs> but uh, yeah, between that and trying out some new games, uh, one that came out recently was uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Which looks awesome. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. And it's six players. That's amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> Is it all couch co-op? Oh, uh, it's it's online co-op and couch co-op. Very nice. That's the way it should be. As it should be. Oh my god. <laughs> For any kind of old school arcade game. Please, keep making games like this. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I'm glad you got to play it. I, I'm looking forward to getting the hop on and uh and play that game again but uh i just haven't had time yeah yeah i uh, also i should probably note to longtime fans of the show we we are using new editing software it's a little more affordable uh so i'm kind of learning the nuances so transitions aren't going to be as smooth sound editing isn't going to be as smooth for a short period of time, but that you should see <laughs> hopefully significant improvements oh, uh, yeah. in the coming days and weeks. Uh, we're also looking at uh, a new solution for ensuring we don't have to make uh, cuts every 30 minutes, very noticeable cuts in the video. <laughs> right. So I'm sure it's Podcasting been noticeable. on the cheap and all that. Yeah. So hopefully you have some quality improvements to look forward to. All right, well, beyond that, uh, as we stated last week, we're going forward, we're going to stick to the news topics. If there's not enough, we may add a topic of the show for a big discussion at the end, but uh, we will skip the topic of the show just to focus on news to keep these episodes a little more streamlined, a little shorter, and hopefully more enjoyable for you, the audience. Uh, of course, uh, this is always in development, always in a process of improvement. Uh, the more participation we get from the audience, the better. Uh, so please feel free to write in, ask questions. We'll we'll happily uh, put them on the show, as, you know, as much as time allows. So uh, feel free to write in if you have anything you would like to contribute uh, in regards to uh, topics and news items from the previous week, or uh, submit any uh, corrections or anything like that for the show if you notice any. All right, getting into it. Our big 
uh, initial news topic, Thor Love and Thunder is coming this week. It uh, officially premieres on July 8th, which is Thursday. Uh, I will be seeing it on Thursday, so I imagine there will be uh, our typical movie review coming shortly after that. Yeah, as is our want with uh, movies like this. Uh, yeah, Lo- Thor, Love, and Thunder. I was about to call it Lore, Thub and Lunder. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch a Lore movie. <laughs> I mean, isn't all of it just lore about a, a an entire universe that we just can't unplug from because it's so much fun at the end of the day? Yeah, why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah why not? About that. Uh, yeah, this weekend, July 8th, anyone who sees it and wants to share in the comments, like, what they thought, by all means. Uh, yeah, and it also seems like the, they have something else going on in specific with this movie. Maybe, a a sweepstakes tie-in? Well, uh, that's true. <laughs> uh, Microsoft is currently running a competition, or uh, I guess more of a sweepstakes, on their Twitter account that you can get the Thor Love and Thunder Xbox Series X console that is basically Mjolnir, the, the hammer of Thor. <laughs> so it's just their refrigerator-shaped console with a big stick attached to it. Uh, but it looks pretty awesome, so if, if that's something that interests you, by all means, go to the uh, Xbox Series X uh, Twitter account, the Microsoft account, and uh, take your chances. See if you can get that console. It is a limited edition, so I'm assuming they'll r- release a limited amount of consoles that you can purchase as well. But, uh, hey, that's there for you. Hold on just a minute. You mean to tell me that they are on purpose designing a console that has a stick appendage to it, thus making it feel like a hammer and thus lending it to the probability that someone is going to try that shit (laughs) and swing their fucking Xbox Series X around. Yeah, I do think it is highly likely that whoever wins the sweepstakes will use the Thor Xbox Series X as an actual hammer in a viral video. Yes, this is a viral video worthy. Please (laughs) videotape yourself destroying your Xbox by swinging it around like you're Thor. (laughs) Uh, My favorite part is it's even got the strap on the the end of the handle so you can swing it around (laughs) and just lodge this 20-pound console (laughs) at someone's head. Oh, my God. I love it. It's so dumb. It's so good. Yes, if you if you find footage of someone doing that, please again link us in the comments. <laughs> or if you want to be a this. real friend of the show, you could win the competition and then send it to us so we can it's... spin it around and bludgeon each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Please. Oh, I almost forgot. Uh For anybody who hasn't been following our social medias in the past, uh, and who remembers Bob, our 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 bat friend, 
He is deceased. He is no longer with us. He will not be seen on the show. Going forward, uh, if you go to our Twitter account, you can see, if you look at some past posts, what happened to Bob. Basically, his uh, Michael Keaton-era Batman mask uh, slowly, chemically devoured his face, uh, his styrofoam head. <laughs> I'll post pictures here on the YouTube channel that you can look at uh, and, and mourn along with us. But yes, Bob is no longer among the living. His it was styro- a gradual process. It was. And uh, unfortunately, we couldn't replace Bob's head. Uh, and his chopsticks that held him up. There's no replacing Bob. Bob is one of a kind. He will be missed. And unfortunately, the mask was also chemically destroyed. (laughs) 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 It had to also go in the garbage. So, unfortunately, Uh. that was a great uh, Michael Keaton cow that I wish I could still say I had. But unfortunately, he was tossed along with Bob. It it had to go. It had to go. At the end of the day, yeah. All right, next up in the news, uh, sales of the boys' omnibus have led to market shortages of uh, physical copies, basically due to the huge spike in demand this uh, recently released season has uh, put on Dynamite and Diamond, uh, their distributor, of course. They will be unable to restock until November at the earliest, so anybody hoping to get uh, those those volumes, those collectible omnibuses and volumes, We'll be kind of out of luck. Oh my uh, unless, god! Unless you want it digitally, which of course you can go to avenues like Comicology and other. I don't know if uh, okay. Comicology. I, I honestly don't know if Dynamite has their own streaming or not. But I, I don't know if Diamond do, does either. But Comicsology. I don't know if you've tried reading comics off of the there recently, but it is. I I I don't know if it's gonna recover. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, no. I mean, com- Comixology was always a good backup plan, but <clears throat> if I couldn't get a hold of a physical comic, so that makes me a little sad. I've been reading pretty much exclusively physically past year or so. But... That being said, this uh, the sales of this and them actually coming to a market shortage does indicate the growing hype and popularity of Against all odds, the boys. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's, it, I you know, I really wanted to point this out more because of the discussion of how much value these TV shows and movie rights produce. It's not, you're not just getting that one time, you know, buyer's fee to produce a show or produce a movie. You're also going to enjoy a lot of the, <laughs> you know production rights and a lot of the you know trademark uh, apparel uh, trademark product trademark comics trademark books trademark games yeah you're, you're going to get a lot of rights monetarily redeemed for your investment in whoever produces this product which is why it's so important that you lend your rights to a trusted company or a company you think can do a good job because if you sell these rights to your comic collections or your comic book titles to a less than worthy (laughs) producer of television or movies you're going to discover uh, a negative value associated with that that's you know more or less unequal to that initial buy-in that you received from that 
production company. So yeah, I think it it should definitely at this point realizing the way the comics have gone for a long time. Uh, it should go without saying at this point that uh, if you are an independent comic creator and there is a large company that's interested in your product, you should, for the sake of maintaining the maintaining your creative attachment and ownership of of your comic book that you've made your comic book your graphic novel your any piece of art that you're lending uh you should do everything you can to retain some level of ownership otherwise every single thing that you make is going to be a one and done yeah and in this case obviously the boys very much like other comic television shows like you know the walking dead is a, a huge example yeah uh these are valuable properties and even if people don't realize yet that they are valuable properties so it's it's extremely crucial from a business standpoint and from the the health of the comic industry in general that when these shows are produced that you're lending these rights to capable directors producers studios that know what they're doing and aren't going to fuck it up because right. you could have billions of dollars potentially in merchandising rights and and ownership at stake. You uh, know? Yeah, and you never know what's going to really be a hit and what won't. You know, I think Walking Dead probably came out of nowhere for a lot of people, and I think it, yeah, it, it the came same out thing of is nowhere. true for the boys. The boys yeah, is yeah. so crude and so over the top as a comic it, book. It, yeah, I'm sure there wasn't a ton of interest from it from <laughs> the typical buyers such as Disney, which owns everything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe Paramount, but uh, you know, it it really would have come down to say HBO or Amazon <laughs> to to take that leap of faith. Oh and, yeah, and think oh there might be something great here, something we can really capitalize on. Yeah, I. Probably say at this point far less uh, HBO, given that uh, they're tied to Warner. They're, yeah. they're definitely tied to Warner, and let's just say they have a lot more misses than they do hits right now. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Meanwhile, both The Boys and Invincible are on Amazon. Yeah. And say what you want about Amazon, and trust me, we all have. Uh, Amazon knows a good deal when they see it. <laughs> For sure. So uh, just a reminder out there to all you comic book producers, owners, make sure if you sell the rights, you, you, you retain all the merchandising, A, and B, you are selling it to somebody who's capable of producing a good product. For sure. Next up, DC Comics has announced 100 Bullets Omnibus Volume 2 will be returnable. Uh, unfortunately for them, uh, they falsely advertised that 100 Bullets, uh, Brother Lono, uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, miniseries would be included in the collection. However, it was not. It sold very well, so it could be a big potential hit uh, to sales margins if returns begin happening. Uh, generally speaking, I believe what happens is the, the comic store pays out that refund, which sucks for them. And then they get kind of reimbursed from the, you know, the actual distributor or the owner, depending on who's at fault for the misprint and the issue. So, 
if you have a copy of the 100 Bullets Omnibus Volume 2 and you feel that you were unfairly ad advertised to, you can take advantage of that, but just keep in mind it is uh, probably somewhat detrimental to the comic shop, uh, the physical comic shop. Um, if it's digital, eh, fuck them. Yeah, this is uh, another case of the <laughs> when the big company screws up, it's unfortunately the small distributors that are going to end up being hurt the most. Yeah, so... Uh, just putting the word out there that if you do feel you were unfairly sold this product, you can return it. However, it is a fairly large omnibus and does hold a lot of content from a very good book series. So keep that in mind. Uh, next up on the news, we have a little bit of uh, Warren Ellis drama finally coming to a head. Uh, Warren Ellis, the famous British comic book writer, uh, he's famous for, obviously, Transmetropolitan, one of your favorite comics. Yep. <laughs> if not your favorite comic. Uh, it's uh, it's in the top five at least, maybe top three. Uh, he also participated in a version of Wildstorm. He's the, the creator of Red, uh, retired Extremely Dangerous. Uh, he's worked on several TV shows, including the uh, Netflix Castlevania TV show, which is very good. Um, this man just continually makes things that I like a lot. Yeah, he's a very good uh, comic creator and uh, just nerd creator in general. Yeah. Uh, he has announced he's officially returning to comics and is currently working on a new story that should premiere in 2023. And generally speaking, he's pretty good with timelines. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we know how these things go. Uh, that that does happen. However, for those unaware, uh, in June of 2020, uh, several allegations of sexual grooming of young women throughout kind of Hollywood <laughs> and just production media uh. in general uh, accused him of this sexual grooming and basically coercion using his status in the industry. Uh, however, it was... It's literally over a hundred of these allegations. Oh my god! <laughs> and uh, you know, a lot of uh, alleged coercion and gaslighting, uh, in addition to a lot of relationships where he was cheating on various entities. Uh, you know, Warren Ellis kind of lives the way he creates. <laughs> He's just kind of, you know, a wild child that uh, apparently lives a. Blessed life. <laughs> this is... Look, uh, either you, either you die, Spider Jerusalem, or you live long enough to become a story that Spider Jerusalem would report on. It's it's unfortunate, and it sucks. But also, ladies, have you looked at this man? <laughs> it's like I don't want to. I, I don't want to be the one to have to say this, but if you take an actual look at a picture of Warren Ellis, I... <laughs> I, I I'm, look, who looked at this man and said, yes, I want to get with that? We're going to piss off Warren Ellis. But, yeah, he's a... I mean, he's a heavily bearded... 
uh, almost biker-esque looking older gentleman, you would think that he's Alan Moore too, nihilistic boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> nihilistic boogaloo. <laughs> like, I read Transmed. Like, I, I, I know that came from a real place for him. Yeah. And also his love of the real-life comic book character Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, and there's a, there's a whole website that's basically dedicated to this one man's sexual prowess and oh my God. <laughs> activities oh, and no. issues. <laughs> and there's like text messages where he's like basically alluding that he's sleeping with several other women, but he can this woman can be his primary sexual go-to and just I mean, it's gross, but it's not illegal. So it, It's not illegal, uh, but mean, don't forget the man, to never forget. <laughs> <laughs> the man lives like a rock star and behaves like a you know stereotypical 80s rock star uh so you know take all of this with a grain of salt you know it's hollywood it's hollywood but i mean just look at him <laughs> look at him he he, he looks yeah. like rasputin yeah there's <laughs> <laughs> He looks like what if Grandpa was really into D and D? Yeah, first edition. Yeah, and <laughs> and to give Warren Ellis his due diligence, he did respond to all of the allegations, writing that he had not considered that others would see him as having a position of power and privilege, and that I have hurt uh, many. Yeah, I'm sorry. Misreading his quote. I have hurt many people that I had no intention of hurting. I am culpable. I take responsibility for my mistakes. I will do better, and for that, I apologize. And, you know. <laughs> it's, I, I can't tell I, if he's apologizing for trying to do better, or if he's apologizing for what he did. This know. is... So take it oh for what God. it is. I mean, this 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 stuff all came out kind of at the peak of the Me Too movement, you know, towards the end of the peak of the Me Too movement. Yeah. Uh, right. it, it, and I think that there was probably a lot of fair uh, issues and criticisms there. However, I think a lot of creators and people in various media industries got kind of thrown under the bus largely for minor infractions where you know yeah. it's not illegal to be a bad human being i mean it it is illegal to you know physically assault somebody but it's not illegal to be a bad human being it, and right there's a difference between like actually infringing on someone's safety and just being terrible (laughs) (laughs) and i think you know as much as we enjoy warren ellis's creations probably not the best human being on the planet probably not he's creatively kind of a genius but when it comes to living his regular private life i think he was hoping that a lot of that would stay private and it shows yeah so uh, if you miss Warren Ellis working in the, the industry and producing products that you want to watch, listen to, and read, well, look forward to his next creation. I imagine it's probably coming from a more independent uh, media producer because I believe DC kind of quietly dropped uh, their their kind of mutual working relationship that they had maintained for a long time. So, 
Moving on, next item, R.L. Stein, a man that most people have not heard from in a long time. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> famous for his Goosebumps series that we all bought as kids or got from the library as kids because of the cool covers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Will be releasing his first adult-focused horror stories as a comic book called Stuff of Nightmares. It will release its number one in September via Boom Comics. Uh, A.L. Kaplan will be the key illustrator for the comic book, and Roman Titoff will be the colorist. Uh, and it will focus on R.L. Stein's interpretation of legendary monsters and horror encounters. So uh, that's pretty cool. I, I do like seeing kind of these old masters of horror, even if it was more of a child-focused horror. Uh, coming back and doing new work, and this time taking a new avenue. We'll see if he can adapt to a more mature audience in terms of, you know, maintaining that level of terror that you. Yeah, I I find it interesting that uh, R. L. Stein, the guy who had been known for Goosebumps, is finally coming around to the. Probably the growing realization that everyone who was into his books is now an adult. And now he has to cater to the fact that they're older now. Yeah, he's got to capitalize on that nostalgia. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, cell phones ruin a lot of horror stories. Yep. And he wrote pretty much all of those books before cell phones were really a viable thing for everybody. Yes. (laughs) Now everybody has a supercomputer in their pocket (laughs) and a walkie-talkie in their pocket. Supercomputer, walkie-talkie live streaming like recording device it's, <laughs> it's it, it literally makes writing horror specifically a thousand times more difficult without turning yeah. it into like a basically a like a cyber whodunit type deal yeah and, and it's always really cringe when they try to write like the digital technology into the horror oh like they it possesses their cell phones or their social media i don't remember wasn't there one movie where there was like all these people on social media they were like dying over social media or something uh, there's like i, a, I don't want to say that's haunting <laughs> i don't want to say that that's unfriended but i like unfriended. i i know there there is a movie where it's it takes place almost entirely over what would now be called a Zoom call. Uh, and you're just slowly watching all of them be taken away from their 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 webcams. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it's hard to... See, the thing with a horror movie is that the part of the horror was in the being chased. <laughs> it's like the... The seeing, like, either the main character or seeing one of the other ancillary characters off in the distance being chased by the thing that's come to kill them. When it's all webcams, you're just, you're you're watching someone go off screen. Yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> paranormal activity was probably the, the first real iteration of that. You can maybe even go back to, like, Blair Witch Project if you really want to get uh, yeah. you know, specific with it, this. It would definitely be Blair Witch, yeah. But uh, Blair Witch was kind of one-off because it was the perspective of one camcorder in the woods. (laughs) Not really, like, 
something you could see on the internet. Whereas Paranormal Activity was the start, where it was like just somebody's yeah. webcam <laughs> that was <laughs> posted all through their house as security, you know. Which basically anybody could watch. And <laughs> you know, I don't know. I guess there's not much you could do if you called the cops and showed them a bunch of camera footage and was like, hey, there's a ghost here. And they're like, well, you better move. <laughs> See, the thing with paranormal activity is that movie wor- would have worked like a thousand times better had I never seen the movie Fight Club, where like you can see, like, towards the end like where like he finally finds out spoiler alert on like a 20 to 30 something year old story um the main character who never names himself finds out that tyler durden the person that he wishes he was and is following around this whole time is his alter ego but uh towards the end of the thing where he confronts his own alter ego you get to see footage of him looking like he's dragging himself <laughs> but in like his mind he's being dragged and like yeah. now i just imagine like oh this person's just nuts <laughs> <laughs> which you know is probably the truth about most horror characters <laughs> yeah they're just nuts it is you know? like this is what happens when we don't address mental illness until, like, the modern day. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what Shutter Island's about. Oh, I love that movie. What if uh, the main character in a horror story is just mentally ill? Yeah. Yeah. That's what probably he, most of them. What if he's just nuts? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I thought that was a really cool uh, story that I saw on uh, comic book media and uh, really want to give a shout out to Arl Stein for making childhood fun. It, yeah, uh, like I said, you know, like cell phones introdu- kind of ruin half of them. But hey, <laughs> introducing kids to like the beginnings of what horror could be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next news item: the Fallout London modders are receiving multiple job offers, and some of them have taken them uh, from Bethesda Studios, causing the lead developers uh, of the project to depart. Uh, for those who are not aware, Fallout London is a huge, uh, basically, addition to Fallout 4 uh, as a DLC that is completely fan-created uh, oh. due to the kind of open-sourcing uh, fan mod software that's now proliferated throughout the Microsoft ecosystem, and including Bethesda Studios ecosystem uh people can go in and make their own things and then other people can download it and play it and try it out and uh these fallout london modders had received a ton of support and i uh, they may have even received some patreon contributions to keep them going and uh it looks like they were so successful in terms of what they were showing in, in these previews that uh, Bethesda has been reaching out to them, trying to recruit them for their actual projects. Uh, allegedly, the 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 lead uh, of the project had previously been offered positions uh, to work on their Fallout seventy six uh, game, but he had turned them down because he wanted to finish the the London project they had started and had so many contributors for, uh, which is pretty cool. But it sounds like his role must have dried up because. Even though the London mod is not fully released yet, it's set to be released in 2023, his portion of the project must be largely finished. So I thought that was pretty cool. I always love the stories when uh, 
you know, fans that make fan projects are more or less rewarded for their love and investment in this of this time and energy uh, into something they love so much. Uh, there's a lot of stories about like the uh, Sonic, the Hedgehog fans yeah. making their own versions of games, and then Sega reaching out to them to recruit them for projects. That's how Sonic Mania, which was very well regarded, uh, came to be uh, by recruiting fans that were making their own games that Sega was clearly not satisfying <laughs> uh, on their own. So uh, I always love hearing that stuff. Nintendo, unfortunately, takes the opposite approach. This is very disappointing where they just squash you with legal threats and lawyers anytime anybody makes a cool fan project, which is very annoying and very frustrating because, quite frankly, they're not producing the stuff fans are wanting anyway. So, Yeah, let's hope that with these new modders coming in and being hired that these games aren't bugged all to hell on launch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you would hope that there's some kind of continuity between the employees working on the software and the the actual production process. Oh, that's adorable. (laughs) (laughs) But we know Bethesda is not known for its stability of gameplay. Uh, Or... (laughs) really having any of their promises kept outside of Todd Howard maybe being right about 5% of the game. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Congratulations to those modders. Hopefully uh, this continues the streak of getting more and more companies that kind of look at the public sourcing method of finding passionate, capable developers and artists that can work on your video games. Oh, yes, continue to raise the bar and fight against crunch. Yes, uh, and just generally, stop hiring like <laughs> just conscripts to develop your games and these you know independent contractors that you throw away after three months. Yeah, because then everything is made by you know forty thousand different people, and nobody can track where the software begins and ends, and <laughs> it causes all sorts of issues that nobody knows how to fix. Right, because they're the people that made the code originally aren't still there, and this code has been patched and fixed and <laughs> rejiggered three hundred times since yeah, its it, conception. It, there needs to be some stability in this industry instead of being. Almost completely transitory when it comes to the staff that's held at these companies. Yeah, I I know it doesn't sound good for your stockholders, but it's okay to have employees. It's okay. They it, don't have to be independent contractors. It, yes, it's please. okay. Reward them and you will have a better product that more people want to spend their money on. Win-win. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Nintendo being frustrating, (laughs) a Nintendo fan has bought $40,000 worth of Nintendo stock so he can go, he can attend their virtual stockholder meeting and ask the CEO directly (laughs) why they're not working on F-Zero, his favorite game. Oh my god, this is... This is how deep the fandom goes. Like, a person who grew up on this game back in the 90s now has a good enough job and a steady enough source of income to buy Nintendo stock to ask one question. Why? (laughs) (laughs) My favorite game. Why? Why not? Why don't you make my game? Yeah. Like, mind you, 
legendary. Yeah. This is legendary right here. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's such a ballsy move. And it just illustrates that, hey, those fans that you developed and cultured in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, Hey, they're grown-ups now. They have money. <laughs> and they can influence what your company does by just buying your public stock. <laughs> so you better quit fucking around. Quit suing people that are making projects that you are failing to make. And just make a good product, for the love of God. Like, it, it, make a good product. And also, stop DMCA striking people who... Make footage of your games, giving yeah. you free publicity. Just, it, it, come on. Just ridiculous. Like You would think Nintendo would be the most fan-friendly company on the planet, since most of their games skew towards younger people, yeah. right? And, and just nostalgia in general. You have so much that you can capitalize on in a way that won't feel grubby you know, for lack of a better term, to your fans. But you just don't. You keep creating these mediocre games. Mediocre! That, you know, we can't talk. But <laughs> but other studios can talk about. Uh, and just challenging the lowest common denominator, you know. Every once in a while you strike gold with these internally developed, you know, Breath of the Wild or, you know, the Animal Crossing craze that just happened to land at a time where everybody was stuck indoors and needed something to take away their anxiety. Oh, my God. That, that, that is literally perfect timing for that yeah, game. Yeah, that's like Diamond in the Rough, like, you know, <laughs> needle in a haystack, perfect opportunity moments that keep you alive. But without those moments, like, there's nothing... That's really compelling that Nintendo has been producing or releasing. All of your third-party games are like three- or four-year-old games that are just being ported after years of being played by everybody else in the market. So, And for every one Metroid Dread, there's like a thousand different like Mario titles that like they... We, we're just pushing these out, and we don't really have any direction for what we're trying to do with Mario or Donkey Kong. Yeah. Or, very clearly, according to this guy, F-Zero. Fucking, when was the last F-Zero game? The N64? Yeah, I don't know exactly. I, should, I could probably look it up, but yeah. It's been a while, and it, I mean, there's there's plenty of titles that have been like that. And I mean, like, even Metroid. Metroid had this huge hiatus yeah. you know, between games, and now they're finally starting to come out, and I, I, they still haven't released the new Prime game, right? They haven't, and we do not count Other M. All of the, <laughs> all of the real ones, no, we don't count Other M. Yeah, so there's, there's all of this product that Nintendo just continues to sit on and lets age and lets the public awareness just die off. Because they're not doing anything with it. And when anybody else tries to do anything with it, including just streaming the old games, lawsuits. <laughs> what the fuck, Nintendo? <laughs> so, yeah. Nintendo, be better. There's a lot of predatory companies throughout the gaming industry. That's not a secret. But uh, Nintendo is particularly bad right now. And they, they really need new leadership more than anybody, in my personal opinion. Yeah, uh leadership that has their like their ear to the ground with 
what's going on with media in general would benefit them like a thousandfold. And that's even before realizing that uh, <clears throat> Chris Pratt is going to be voicing Mario. Yeah, that's a, that's a little cringe. <laughs> Only uh, a little. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, in response to this uh, dedicated fans uh, question, the CEO said, it is realistically difficult to develop new titles and re- remakes, including sequels, for every Nintendo game that people request. But we are very grateful and appreciate the expectations our fans have of our games. Uh, so, there you have it. We're glad you're fans. Are you satisfied? No! (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine spending $40,000 to get that answer? (laughs) To get that answer? Oh, my God. Like, you know what? Out of spite, I'm going to buy more stock to the point where I'm going going after a controlling interest. There's only one way to get F-Zero made, and that is to spend my own millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... I think Nintendo needs to get its shit together because the the Switch is a unique, quirky system, like all of their systems are. <laughs> a unique, quirky thing that just fills a weird niche unique, and then becomes popular and in an apocalyptic scenario where everybody just needs something to calm themselves down. Uh, okay, <laughs> the Switch is literally that. That was what Nintendo was always going to end up making if you paid attention. Yeah. Like with their toes like half into home consoles and half into portable consoles, it was only a matter of time before they made the portable console that you can put on your TV. But the problem is, A, they haven't done anything with that for years and years and years now. Except and for push more Pokemon. The technology is completely outdated and there's still barely any first party good games <laughs> beyond like the initial party games that came out on the initial launch year and the following year. Yeah. And now there's competitors like the Steam Deck, which are very good and are up to date and do use modern games and modern technology and don't have to wait three or four years to get a port. Okay, that's just the like the actual like physical media competition. You're not even taking into account all of the games that have been kickstartered because well, Nintendo likes to drag their feet when it comes to innovating with their games. Like Pokemon had not seen a significant update in like the way that their game plays until Pokemon Legends Arceus, which I think was last year. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, their their big new release is Kirby, <laughs> which is fine. I'm glad there's a new Kirby game, but uh, um, where's everything else? <laughs> I, I, I guess you got to give the people who are into Vore something, I guess. <laughs> we like to eat. So, uh, yeah. In conclusion, Nintendo, be better. Do better. Be better. Uh, Next up on the news, uh, this is more in the world of wrestling. Logan Paul has officially signed his contract with WWE uh, for (laughs) continuing to contend. And he has instantly become their best heel. 
Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> now, for those unaware, oh. uh, for WrestleMania this year, Logan Paul had come in and had a feud, uh, <clears throat> and it was. It was weird, <laughs> to say the least, because yeah. they made him, they made him the hero of the whole thing, which is just not Logan Paul. Like absolutely, Logan Paul's not. probably one of the most despicable people on the internet, and he makes a living off of being despicable on the internet. <laughs> like, I, I just, you know, good for him. I'm glad he's, you know, living his life and making his money and doing whatever. Uh, and to be fair, in the in the match, he actually was pretty great. Uh, you know, for somebody who had never wrestled in his entire life, like he came in looking super athletic, super fit. Obviously, he's doing his fighting. Uh, prior to that, yeah, um, with the previous matches with uh, Floyd Mayweather, I don't know if he ever <laughs> like ever did like a UFC fight at all. <clears throat> Uh, maybe that might have been his brother Jake, but uh, yeah, as an entertainer, Logan Paul is surprisingly self-aware and has leaned all the way into his role as heel, taking yeah. what everyone knows about him from the internet and translating it to, I was going to call it the octagon, but I think it's the squared circle? <laughs> Yes, the squared circle is correct. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's I mean he he is an entertaining character. He can't he is capable of doing all the wrestling moves that he needs to do. It not unlike funny enough the previous year Bad Bunny, the Hispanic rapper. Oh no. <laughs> uh, he, he came in and was like kind of the big guest celebrity character uh for wwe and wrestlemania and he did pretty well like he like knew what he was doing and did some crazy moves like the canadian destroyer which is was was illegal in the wwe for a long time because of the risk to you know hitting your head breaking your neck yeah <laughs> and like he did it like flawlessly and i'm like oh okay <laughs> i guess there's been a lot of time and development and ironically both both feuds involved the miz so <laughs> the celebrity uh with the celebrity um but yeah any any kind of uh wrestling fans or sports entertainment fans out there uh especially knowing what vince is going through right now oh no with the rape allegations and the uh the settlement the three million dollar settlements uh that he's had oh my god uh pushing him out of the official ceo spot at least temporarily uh this is kind of a welcome distraction i'm sure for wwe fans but it's it's weird that they're making him the face of the whole thing he's he's yeah. not a face you cannot make logan paul a face character he has to be the heel <laughs> you have to make him a heel Either you make him a heel or you run the risk of fatigue very early on with this character, much like what happened originally with one John Cena. <laughs> uh, yeah, so <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw his uh, WrestleMania entrance, but he had this big original, I think it was a, 
It was either a Charizard or a Pikachu. I think it was a Pikachu because he had yellow, a yellow and black outfit on. That that sounds on a it, gold chain. That sounds entirely like him. Yeah, and it, I I can't remember. It was like a stupid amount of money he paid for it too. Oh it was, my god! It was like seventy five thousand dollars or something stupid that he was just wearing <laughs> to the ring. <laughs> I, I on behalf again, of, he's a heel. Uh, he's uh, a heel. On behalf of all of Ohio, I would like to apologize. <laughs> For this being our primary export. Yeah. But look forward to that, WWE fans. Uh, It's coming down the line. I wish we had more AEW news, but everybody keeps getting injured. So, Going to hold out hope for Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Hopefully he uh, stays healthy. Yeah. And freshly squeezed. Uh, next up on the news, Ghostbusters Afterlife has announced a sequel that is in development for 2023. So, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife was the kind of child-focused, nostalgia-focused <laughs> version of Ghostbusters that came after we had the the female Ghostbusters movie uh, that wasn't as yeah. well received. We, <clears throat> we tried it. We we tried real hard with I, the. The all-female ghost... Here's the thing that is always going to chap my ass about that. Like, if that movie had been written a little better and didn't so heavily rely on it being all, like, SNL alumni for that movie, then we probably would have had another all-female Ghostbusters movie's movie following that one but well i don't know if any of you actually saw ghostbusters 2016 but yeah no yeah so it it wasn't very well received uh i'm gonna be honest i never saw it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and likewise i never saw ghostbusters afterlife because i just don't care about ghostbusters i like the first movie don't really care about the rest that's that's just me i you know the first movie is fine. It's good. It's enjoyable. Yeah. It, it didn't age particularly well either. But oh, absolutely I, I, not. I understand why <laughs> Ghostbusters fans like it so much. It was a different time back then. <laughs> it sure was. It sure was. Uh, but uh, I'm sure I'll get around to it eventually. Uh, uh, by all accounts, the Ghostbusters Afterlife movie was fairly well received. Uh, I don't know. Did you see it? Uh, I did. And, man, did they lean hard into the nostalgia. Great, great. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of familiar faces, at least the living ones that made an appearance, from what I understand. There is one character who was missing. Oh, and it hurts me to say it. Spoiler alert. There's no Slimer. Is he in the container? I don't, Did they just not address him at all? I don't think they addressed him at all. Last yeah. I checked, from what I remember, there was not hide nor hair anyone referencing Slimer, <laughs> the character who was kind of the mascot of the entire series. Yeah, that's it's a little criminal, I guess. <laughs> I mean, he's a ghost, so it's not like he ages. Uh, right. Yeah. It's like the entire point of Slimer is that, oh, yeah, we're going to make this gross, like, this is what we think ghosts look like and how, like, rambunctious these, like, 
undead spirits are going around just being nasty. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, this it was probably like an 80s thing more than anything, but the Ghostbusters unnecessary leaning into just the, you know, the ectoplasm and stuff, <laughs> just... Just making everything gross for no reason. That's, 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 I think that's what probably turned me off to Ghostbusters in general because they're they're ghosts. They're they're not supposed to have substance. And they're definitely not supposed to have you know a cold. <laughs> they're just spewing mucus on everybody. That is yeah. yeah that that's. I mean, it's just it, over the top silliness. That that's one of the caveats of like that's one of the agreements that you make in your mind when like signing on to. Okay, this is how things work with ghosts and Ghostbusters. Yeah, there is it's something you have weirdly to like weirdly with these entirely like spiritual things. That like they affect the physical world in only the grossest way imaginable, and it's yeah. all goop. Yeah. You you get the goop. This is what I can only assume what Gwyneth Paltrow like was looking at when she was trying to name her company. <laughs> <laughs> now stick this beehive up your badge. <laughs> uh, It'll make that sound too. <laughs> it's, well, let's hope not. <laughs> Probably means there's a bee in there. <laughs> Uh, next up on the news, uh, Christian Bale, who is also starring in this upcoming Thor movie, yeah, ha- has been speaking to the press openly, obviously, uh, in promotion of the film, and was asked about potentially playing Batman again. Uh, he responded that he would love to play Batman again, but he would only do so with Christopher Nolan at the helm. Which, understandable. However... They, I mean, that was a pretty solid conclusion. I feel like if you go back on that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of the the only redeemable part of the third Nolan trilogy movie is that he calls it quits. <laughs> so it's like the best part of the Dark Knight Rises. Is when Batman says, nah, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) I think the nuke was enough. (laughs) Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. (laughs) But yeah, I thought that was a pretty cool, interesting take. Uh, You know, quite quite a spot of loyalty from Christian Bale, which you don't always see from uh, actors. But it, it's clear that Christopher Nolan has great repertoire with his his he, acting crews. He always seems to go to the same actors and actresses for his films. The interesting thing with it, though, is that Christopher Nolan is kind of on the outs with Warner Brothers at current, which uh, I don't know how much that played into what Christian Bale said like, maybe if I say only with Nolan, then they'll stop asking me about it. And they'll stop doing coke and <laughs> making terrible decisions and trying to push an Ezra Miller movie no one wants. No, no, uh, no come on. Yeah. This isn't Marvel Comics. This is DC Comics. 
doing cocaine comics. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I should have seen that one coming. I'm so disappointed in y- you. You teed me up. You knew exactly <laughs> what you were doing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I do think that's cool that he would say that. You know, you saying that Christopher Nolan may be on the outs with WB, maybe that's the reason he's saying this to like nudge them to do the right thing and not cast aside the best director they've ever worked with (laughs) right it's like uh, hey maybe reconsider chris nolan yeah also hey maybe if he's out then i'm just out too and maybe shut up about it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh, i i thought that was cool to see and i'm glad that uh that leaves open the possibility of you know universe crossing no. nonsense oh god for any type of cameos on the flash or anything <laughs> else for that matter we can't do multiverse <laughs> it's if marvel we, is if we do the multiverse that means we have to do the flash movie and we can't release the flash no, movie <laughs> you, you just destroy ezra miller's reality that's all you got to do <sighs> We're not going to miss anybody from that reality. See, here's the thing. The movie's already in the can. (laughs) It's already been recorded and most likely edited. They're probably most likely at this point just waiting for everyone, including Ezra Miller, to shut the fuck up about what's going on with Ezra Miller. (laughs) (sighs) He's literally the plan. He... Not that movie. He was literally the plan for the multiverse. This so is the... we have Ezra Miller, who is critical core character for their plans going forward. Yep. Probably getting movie canceled officially. Ye- yep. Eventually. Uh, we have Aquaman 2, which recently announced that they are removing every scene, including Amber Heard, who's... <laughs> Kind of critical to the character. Oh, no. (laughs) So now you're going to have all these weird scenes that don't make sense because you got Aquaman talking to himself out of frame (laughs) (laughs) about deeply personal things. Oh, shit. And just like weird edited in shots. So Aquaman 2 is probably going to suck. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the trailers for Black Adam, but it sure doesn't look great. <laughs> uh, we'll see if I'm proven wrong, because, you know, Shazam was great. But uh, Black Adam, I have no hope for. Basically, the... Oh, oh, I forgot. And Joker 2 is going to be a musical. <laughs> <laughs> no! Joker no! Joker 2, fully adieu. Oh, God. That that movie, which is going to be DC, it, please. Either the Folia Dew means the insanity of two. I'm really curious to see. Like, okay, we've already cast our Harley Quinn with Lady Gaga. Is it going to be them doing a musical, or is it going to be her experience a musical between? The Joker and the Batman. I I don't have any faith in <laughs> WB. I really don't. I think when they moving to LA was the worst decision they could have made because now all their creators are under the influence of cocaine and just <laughs> nobody has any fucking sense to say that's probably not a good idea. It's probably not. Yeah, 
doing cocaine comics. (laughs) (laughs) Why? The only time they can do anything right is when they poach somebody in the form of James Gunn because he was being canceled elsewhere. Oh! (laughs) They finally made a good Suicide Squad movie. (laughs) Just, uh. (laughs) And Homelander, for that matter. Or uh, not Homelander, um... Peacekeeper. Peacekeeper. Uh, mixing up my <laughs> alternative American pride <laughs> superhero characters that are quite obviously evil. Look, he just likes freedom. And it doesn't matter how many men, women, and children he has to kill to get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, WB, please. Just please. Please don't do this. Please. Go to rehab. Please. <laughs> Every last one of you. They, they really just. Oh, God. See, just don't. Zack Snyder. Stop saying yes to everything. Here's the unfortunate thing. Uh, from what I've heard, Zack Snyder was the one that uh, really went out of their way to bring <clears throat> Voldemort. Uh, weirdo who shall not be named. Who was all? Oh my God! And he's also in the Fantastic Beasts. Ezra Miller. It, it, this is. Oh, I cannot imagine what it must be like to be Zack Snyder, knowing that this is what he brought the company. Just stop, WB. Just stop. <laughs> I don't know what producers are in charge anymore, but you need to fire them all. just just bring in directors who have a proven track record record and uh let them do their thing Uh, and don't fuck it up that's all you gotta do don't fuck it up for them that's it yeah moving on moving on uh next up last news item uh we'll talk about some deals that are available to you we're recording this on july 4th so hopefully you can take advantage of this by the time i get the video out (laughs) depending on how long it takes to edit i'll try to get it out you know tonight or tomorrow because we're filming a little late uh but the steam summer sale is still going uh and it will officially end on july 7th so make sure you take advantage of that before it's gone uh, and then Sony also has their midsummer deals uh, that are going on right now and will expire on July 7th as well. So if you're looking for a good deal on games on either PlayStation Network or Steam, make sure you take advantage of those now because they will expire on the 7th. All right. And then in addition, we it's a new month, so we have a ton of new games available on various services. So let's go through them real quick. On the Epic Game Store, uh, you will be able to access uh, Killing Floor 2 and Ancient Enemy for free uh, between July 7th and July 14th. And you have access right now until the 7th to Iretus, Lord of the Dead, Geneforge 1, Mutagen, and Hood Outlaws and Legends, which uh, I believe came out on PS Plus a few months ago. Yep. Uh, Amazon Prime has free games, of course, that you can always take advantage of. Uh, July's free games, there's quite a few of them. We have Maniac Mansion, Sue's Reign, uh, Fell Seal Arbiter's Mark, which uh, I hear a lot of good things about. Uh, Fishing North Atlantic, Rain World, Samurai Showdown, without a W, 2. 
<laughs> uh, serial cleaner, uh, the King of Fighters 2002, King of Fighters 2000s, uh, Metal Slug 2, great game, uh, 10 Second Ninja X, Death Squared, The Dark Side Detective, The Dark Side Detective, A Fumble in the Dark, Hugh the Crow's Eye, Emmanuel Samuel, uh, Metal Unit, Fatal Fury Special, The Metronomicon, Slay the Dance Floor. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Bang Bang Racing, Gone Viral, Road Trip, Puzzle of the Year, which seems on point. Uh, Pumped BMX Pro, uh, Gianna Sisters, Twisted Dreams, Adding Adventures, and Clouds and Sheep 2. So, you know, (laughs) there's some games in there. Uh, From Steam, we have several new uh, free-to-play games. Uh, we have Astral Slider, Brain Bread 2, Cat and Nab, Cypher's Game, The Elder Scrolls Arena, The Ooh. Elder Scrolls 2, Daggerfall. Ooh. Uh, so if you want to get some OG gaming in, you certainly can. The Genesis Project, Grapple Gear, Homewind, uh, Kara's Veil, Kitty Ball, Moonstruck, Ali, uh, uh, Pemsa. <laughs> Hopefully I pronounced that right. Yep. Uh, Penel. Penelope's Odyssey, The Scorch Fair, Siren's Call, Tag, The Power of Paint, Vamps for Memories, uh, With You, and Wolfenstein Enemy Territory. So, uh, some good stuff in there for sure. Uh, CD Projekt Red's GOG uh, Storefront also has some free games uh, that you can take advantage of. Beneath the Steel Sky, The Elder Scrolls II Daggerfall. Uh, Shadow Warrior Classic Complete, Star Gunner, Ultima 4, Quest of the Avatar, and Warwind. Uh, and then PlayStation Plus, of course, has their free games. Um, make sure you take advantage before July 5th. You probably won't hear this in time for that, but uh, God of War, Nickelodeon, All-Star, Brawl, and Naruto to Baruto, Shinobi Striker are currently available until tomorrow. And then the incoming PlayStation Plus games for North America, at least, are Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, which is a great purchase there. Uh, the Dark Pictures, Man of a Dawn, which is the latest kind of uh, cage game where we're going to <laughs> be playing with these high-tech faces, oh. face capture technology while you're in these choose-your-own-adventure style game. Yeah, the Dark Pictures Anthology walked so that games like The Quarry, which is out now, can run. And then you have Arcadageddon, uh, which I'm assuming is just a bunch of arcade stuff. Arcadageddon. <laughs> so, definitely take advantage of that. Uh, let's see here. And then Xbox Games with Gold July 2022 lineup. You have Beast of Maravilla Island. You have Relict... Relicta? (laughs) (laughs) Relicta. Not the greatest announcement of games here. Uh, (laughs) And Relicta will be uh, available on the 16th through August 15th. So weird dates distributed on the Xbox Games with Gold supply here uh thrillville off the rails july 1st to 15th and then you have torchlight july 16th through the 30, 31st so uh feel free to take advantage of those deals uh as they come available for you all uh, right and then finally we are getting to our prestigious 
a life-changing award of comic cover of the week from Hit the Books Podcast. This week we have a great variant for you coming straight from DC Comics. We have the Poison Ivy number two Jenny Frizen cardstock cover. Uh, displays a very uh, almost it's like that carnival like the old school carnival art from like the 1800s, late 1800s. Yeah, that uh, Barnum and Bailey, welcome to the this carnival extravaganza. Feast your eyes on this poison ivy number two. Yeah, and it's basically this very entrancing uh, kind of laid down shot of poison ivy with kind of flowers, roses kind of distributed all throughout the, the, the shot. Uh, just a really great uh, illustration here. Really on point. Really cool color style. Very reminiscent of you know kind of that turn of the century artwork um, that became very popular, very collectible, and very famous. Uh, really love this art. Jenny Frizen has been on uh, the show before for her art, uh, and really, really just done a great job. Uh, overall with contributing to DC Comics' uh, plethora of artwork. Uh, I believe they very recently released a, a kind of a volume kind of highlighting all of her artistic contributions uh, within DC Comics, and I think it has like Wonder Woman on the cover and stuff like that. But uh, Jenny Frizen been doing great work for a really long time, continues to do great work, and is definitely one of the top artists uh, within the DC company Um of pantheon yeah it's interesting that poison ivy has her own book at this point it there's a trend that i'm starting to see and it looks like that trend is hey y'all like batman right (laughs) yeah well i mean let's batman characters sell batman characters do sell and in that tradition we are giving every single one of Batman's villains a book before we give books to these other heroes that we've had on our shelves for God knows how long. To be fair, there's probably about 16 Batman books right now, and then there's probably uh, another 10 Bat Family books. Okay, that's, so... that's more like to be unfair. <laughs> <laughs> to be unfair to the rest of DC. So I don't I'd... care how much cocaine you're doing. You have to realize, hey, there's a Blue Beetle movie that you're working on right now. You might want to start pushing that character. Are they, though? Are they? I, I mean, look. <laughs> it's The movie's happening. <laughs> it's happening. There's oh, already we thought fu- that about the Ezra Miller movie. Look, I, I'm we just, don't know if it's happening. I'm just saying that, that I haven't heard anything bad about Jolo Maridueña doing <laughs> anything untoward towards anybody. I have more faith yet. In, uh, yeah, oh, my God. He's <laughs> in Cobra Kai. He has too much to lose. <laughs> <laughs> he can't lose both of those things. He, like he, he, I believe in him. <laughs> That's probably a mistake, but I believe in him. We have faith. We have faith <laughs> that we won't have terrible, terrible behaving actors and actresses ruining <laughs> Please. otherwise great products. Please, Sholo. Please, Sholo. Please. So, once again, congratulations to Jenny Frizen uh, for her wonderful uh, variant art on Poison Ivy number two. Look forward to seeing much more from you, and congrats. 
All right, so moving on, that is everything we have for you this week. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening, watching, and supporting the show. As always, you can reach out to us uh, at HTBViz on Twitter, uh, forward slash hit the books on Facebook. We are coming to other social media soon, so you can look forward to that. We do have a Discord we're getting together, so I'm sure there will be other places where you can interact with us and contribute your ideas, constructive criticisms, and support for the show. Uh, of course, if you're on YouTube, please give us a like and a subscribe. That surely helps us out and helps uh, fight some of these algorithms. And of course, we got to get to a certain point before we can do anything substantive uh, on the YouTube platform. So please help us support there. We will probably be posting video clips and stuff like that on Facebook fairly soon. Uh, uh, where you can find us on Stitcher, Podbean, uh, iTunes, or whatever the Apple Podcasts, I guess is what it's called now. Apple Music. Yeah, <laughs> you can find they keep us all changing over the names. Place. Spotify. So uh, definitely look out for us on your favorite podcast service of choice. Uh, we're at the end of the show, so I don't care. But we forgot to turn on the uh, show lights, <laughs> so uh, the lighting on the video may be a little uh, suspect. I, I don't think the people needed to know that much about the behind-the-scenes process. Hey, we're a, a very open and forthright company, Emery. Uh, uh, we we it, tell our shareholders who buy $40,000 worth of hit the book <laughs> stock... But sometimes it's hard. It's hard to produce a show. And sometimes, especially when we're short a member, we forget to turn on the lights. Uh, yes, we're not nearly at the at the point in our careers with this that we can afford to make uh, or afford to have people in power to tell us what to do or tell us to get something done without really telling us exactly how to do it. Without there being a pile of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> so please, if you would like to send the show $40,000 or a pile of cocaine, <laughs> you can reach out to us at hitthebooksvids, V-I-D-S, at gmail.com and send us your check for $40,000 or your pile of cocaine. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you all for watching. We love you. Uh, we'll see you again next week with uh, maybe two episodes. I don't know. Well, can we do a review and an episode, or should we just do a review? Uh, we will find out. We will find out. Thank you for watching, listening. We will see you next week. Goodbye. And I also forgot. <laughs> I forgot the lights. So <laughs> hopefully it's bright enough. Hopefully it's bright enough. <laughs> I, I turn them on now, but it it, it would be pointless. <laughs> we're literally at the end of the show. Yeah.